This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. I'm your host, Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. On today's show, Stellantis has reached a plea deal in the U.S. emissions fraud probe. The global surge in EV sales adds pressure on supply chains and concerns over exploding seatbelt components are forcing a big Hyundai recall. Plus, more about the judge's ruling that former executive Bob Brockman may stand trial for tax evasion. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep you up in the auto industry. Stellantis has agreed to plead guilty to a criminal conspiracy charge as part of a multi-year emissions fraud probe. People familiar with the deal told Reuters that the company will pay roughly $300 million in penalties as part of the agreement. The U.S. Justice Department is accusing Stellantis of trying to evade emissions requirements for vehicles with diesel engines. They include more than 100,000 older Ram pickups and Jeep SUVs in its U.S. lineup, This comes five years after the so-called Dieselgate scandal, when Volkswagen pleaded guilty to criminal charges related to its own emissions crisis. In other Stellantis news, the automaker has a new head of purchasing. Martin Horneck is retiring at the age of 59. Stellantis is promoting Marlo Vitus to take his place. Vitus currently serves as the automaker's supply chain vice president. The changes come as Stellantis tries to patch things up with angry suppliers. It recently had to reverse course on changes it made to the fine print in supplier contracts, which significantly benefited Stellantis over its parts makers. In Plant Moran's annual working relations index released Monday, Stellantis dropped to the lowest ranking for any North American automaker in more than a decade. Yeah, you know, Kel, suppliers have been having a rough time, not only with Stellantis, it's been challenging all around. They've got the chip shortage to deal with, the war in Ukraine. Now, on top of all that, booming electric vehicle sales are adding pressure on the global supply chains. That's according to the International Energy Agency's new electric vehicle outlook report. EV and plug-in hybrid sales doubled globally in 2021 to 6.6 million vehicles. Materials such as lithium, nickel, and cobalt are all stretched thin. Lithium, which is an essential component of EV batteries, has become seven times more expensive than it was this time last year. The report says that surge is due to unprecedented battery demand and, quote, a lack of structural investment in new supply capacity. Well, Jamie, if you own a Hyundai, you might want to check your VIN number because Hyundai is recalling 281,000 vehicles in North America over seatbelt pretensioners that could explode. The explosions could send metal fragments flying and cause injuries. In fact, the recall comes after three injury reports. It covers some 2019 to 2022 accidents, 2021 to 2023 Elantras, and 2021 to 2022 Elantra hybrids. And those are today's headlines. Now, Jamie, that lead story about Stellantis agreeing to plead guilty to conspiracy, criminal conspiracy, I should say, is huge. And you've covered the auto industry for a long time. Now, can you take us back to a time when all this started unfolding 
And how has the company changed its tune on this diesel emissions controversy? Yeah, this really grew out of that uh, VW Dieselgate scandal where they were caught programming their vehicles in a way so they behave differently during tests than they did in actual driving to make them look like they were super clean diesels. A lot of other automakers got investigated at the time, including Fiat Chrysler, and the CEO, Sergio Marchion, was just offended and outraged. He could not believe that anyone would accuse the company of such behavior. Here we are years later, and they're apparently admitting the guilt and, uh, and agreeing to pay a fine. Yikes. Well, when we come back, we'll hear more about another big story this week related to criminal charges in the auto industry. Former Reynolds and Reynolds CEO Bob Brockman may stand trial in the largest tax evasion case against any individual in U.S. history. And we'll hear from automotive news reporter Lindsey Van Hulley about the case next on The Daily Drive. Listen to Fred Hayes service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in. It helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130000 in service gross. The kiosk in the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. It's the largest tax evasion case against an individual in the history of the United States. Former Reynolds & Reynolds CEO Bob Brockman faces 39 counts for allegedly hiding $2 billion in income over two decades. This week, a federal judge cleared the way for Brockman to stand trial, rejecting claims that he has dementia so severe that he's not competent to assist in his own defense. Lindsay Van Holy is a reporter for Automotive News. She covers dealership technology and auto retailing. She and I dug into this story and all of the bigger implications. Here's that conversation. Lindsay Van Holy, welcome back to Daily Drive. Thanks, Jamie. It's good to be here. You've been covering the Bob Brockman trial for, gosh, months, it seems, maybe years. There's been some news this week. What did the judge decide? Well, the judge this week issued the long-awaited opinion on Bob Brockman's competency to stand trial. This is going back actually to December of 2020 when his attorneys first uh, requested a competency hearing. And that hearing was held in November of 2021. And we've been waiting for the judge's decision ever since. And so that came this week. In his opinion, the judge essentially found that uh, Bob Brockman is competent to stand trial. He essentially cites here you know, the court is very mindful that Brockman is an elderly person who has Parkinson's disease. Goes on to mention 
he suffers from some degree of, of cognitive impairment, but says the evidence before the court shows that Brockman is also an extremely intelligent person with a, both a high cognitive reserve and history of malingering for secondary gain. The government has introduced compelling evidence showing that Brockman exaggerated his cognitive symptoms when he was being examined by medical professionals in the past and goes on to say that, you know, ultimately he's he's going to be competent to stand trial. So it's a strange word. We don't see many places malingering, but that that's sort of the definition there, right? It's uh, acting like he's suffering more than he is in order to gain some sort of advantage. Yeah, it essentially refers to exaggerating you know, or feigning symptoms in order to achieve some kind of secondary gain, in this case, you know, to avoid prosecution. Sure. So, gosh, you, <laughs> you said this, this hearing was six months ago, and the original charges were almost a year before that. Tell us how we got here. He was still CEO of Reynolds & Reynolds when the charges first came out, right? That was true. Yes, he was indicted in October of 2020 on 39 counts, uh, including tax evasion, wire fraud, money laundering, and evidence tampering. And the charges essentially uh, are connected to what federal prosecutors have said is a complex scheme involving offshore accounts and you know, evading taxes on $2 billion in income. And so this case has been proceeding through the courts, first in California and now in Texas uh, ever since and leading up to that competency hearing last November. Well, it's been a, a fascinating case. You know, of course, Reynolds & Reynolds is a hugely important company in the retail industry with the services they provide, one of the you know pioneers in that business. So where does it go from here? If he's deemed competent to stand trial, is there going to be a trial next week or in, in six months? What's, what's going to happen next? Well, first, I'll, I'll note when you were talking about Reynolds that, you know, he, yes, he, he was still at the, at the helm of the company when those charges were filed, and he ultimately stepped down the following month in early November. There's a new CEO in place now, and, and the government has never alleged that Reynolds and Reynolds was involved in any wrongdoing. So the That's company is not point. connected to the yeah. case. But at this point, with the determination that he's competent to stand trial, uh, generally, for a defendant who is found to be competent, the case can proceed toward a trial. We don't have any trial date yet. There was a, a scheduling uh, motion back in early February of 2021. And essentially, the judge noted that, you know, upon a competency determination, you know, at that time, the court will talk about future dates, including a trial if necessary. So more of that information is for sure to come uh, soon, but we don't have any of those details yet. I'm sure it will be complicated and time consuming, and I'm, I'm sure you'll be all over it. Thanks, Lindsay. Appreciate your coverage. Thanks, Jamie. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on federal prosecutions, digital retail, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, remember to like, subscribe, and leave a review so you never miss an episode.